But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. You know what? I paid for this podcast. I want it my way, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I had to go there. (laughs) Your co-host, Julie. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Your co-host, Thorsten. Uh, hi, I'm just I'm still recovering from the from today's uh, morning stream. <laughs> well, uh, t- if you're listening to this after today, we played a we played an early access game called the Emu War, which might have been one of the jankiest things I've ever streamed. Uh, and your co-host Jacob, line must be drawn here. <laughs> this far, no. Welcome back, Jacob. Glad to have you back. Uh, so, friends, been a while, yes. Yeah, uh, friends. This might be one of our most negative shows ever. So, I wanted to start it with a bit of positivity. We're going to be talking about gamers today, and we are gamers. Um, but there are also gamers that we just want to say at this top of the show. I'm not very eloquent. Please forgive me. Um, that there are a lot of gamers we love. Gamers that do mods. Gamers that. Uh, help with video game preservation, gamers that help uh, dive into code and find news about what's coming up for a game. You know, there are a lot of great gamers out there. Those are not the gamers we're talking about today. <laughs> the, I'm, uh, excuse my language. We are going to talk about the whiny entitled fucks that fill up every Steam forum, every Discord, every Facebook page, You've all seen them. You know what we're talking about. But we're going to talk about a few subsets today. Because we feel... There's always at least one. Yeah. And we feel we need to vent. Um, a very vocal minority. Yeah. A very vocal minority. Basically like Gamergate people. Basically like that. Uh, they're just the worst. You know? Well, the few... Pe- or the people that haven't, ex- that haven't excised that uh, little piece of history from their memory. <sighs> they're lucky. Or, or, or the people who say, for example, have reaction channels where they need to feed people's anger. Is uh, that is that a thing? Oh, it's a very much a thing. Yeah, they One, they they try to raise the, controversies that don't exist, make claims about things that don't exist, oh. and then try to get people angry about it because games are becoming more diverse or they're becoming more accessible for people who are disabled. Yeah, those kind of people are also one of the ones we'll be discussing. Ugh. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, I'm kind, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad that I know that now. Like you know, I'm, I feel like my life has gotten a little bit worse now that I know that's a thing. <laughs> oh, good. And thanks to Cut. Yeah, thanks. That's great, to Cut. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, classic. <laughs> that. Um, so, uh, where where would you guys like to start? Do you guys have anything on on your mind about this that you want to start with? Because there's no structure to any of this. I I don't have time to make a structure. So, um, <laughs> wait, wait. So Fernando is hitting us right off the bat with after pushing. Okay, so after publishing a video of the game you're working on on Reddit. 
Someone sent you a direct message with a long list of requirements? Quote, or your game Quote, will suck. Oh, my, ga- oh my game will Fernando, do us a favor <sighs> and send us that and send us a screenshot of that. I would afterwards. love Yeah, Just, you could you could not you could hide the name of the Reddit user if you want, that's fine. But I would love to see what those quote unquote requirements are. <laughs> I would love yes, just I am dying to see what those quote unquote requirements are. Just because, I, I'll be I would like to mention like the complaints that people make from a distance are always infinitely amusing. Like uh, immensely amusing. Oh my god. Oh, multiplayer, hottest, VR. Yeah, the things that would take. Oh, so okay. A lot so of time to implement. A lot of time to implement, a lot of effort. And then you'd probably have to raise the price to cover all that time and effort. And they'd be like, but it's so expensive. It's so expensive. Huh? I can't <laughs> while buying the next battlefield game for 60 United States dollars. <laughs> If they didn't do that, if if these were two, two groups were different people, I may have they may have had a point, but they are almost invariably the people who like fanboy over over like Dark Souls games. Like Dark Souls games aren't bad, but I would argue they're overpriced. But like Fair. Battlefield games or buy another Call of Duty for sixty United States dollar dues, you get the idea. <laughs> Yeah, so why don't we start with that? Why don't we start with unreasonable demands uh, put on developers? We've all seen this. We we like the the game that I have. We're gonna talk about Rebel Galaxy Outlaw probably a lot today. So that's what we have in the video in the background. I saw so many people ask uh, Travis for VR support for um, Agio. for Rebel or, Galaxy or free Outlaw look. or yeah, free look or free and. Look. And well, they they kept saying no over and over and over. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's actually the, one of the more tame ideas. Yeah, uh, yeah. people have thrown out there. Yeah, tame. Uh, that is one of the more tame. I mean, it's a first-person cockpit view. Austin. Oh no! Yeah, we just. Uh, All right, uh, we'll get him back. I'm we'll sure. get him back. Uh, so yeah, so many people I remember like, can we get VR support? And and Travis would honestly say like, VR makes me sick. So no. <laughs> also, it's a lot of effort. It's a ton of effort. Well, no, I mean it literally makes him sick. Yeah. And I I remember telling people on the Rebel Galaxy Outlaw Discord, it makes him sick. He's not going to do it. And they said, well, why don't they just hire another engineer? Uh, what? <laughs> That's your retort. Hire another engineer. He he's the sole engineer. On and, the game. and and then they complain that he took money from Epic to put the game on Epic. Uh, which so let's, I let's would, talk about that for a second. Okay. I would argue is it, it's a word that I feel like I will use one more time. I would argue that's victim blaming, if anything. <laughs> so yeah, let, let's way. talk about the let's talk about uh, Rebel Galaxy Online Epic for a moment. Um. This is this is the the backstory for those who don't know. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw was one of the first games that signed on with an Epic deal, and that was before the Epic Game Store was actually even publicly announced. So 
as being one of the first games to actually show up on the Epic Game Store, the one of the first ones to actually have a deal, they took a lot of the brunt of people's ire, whether justified or not, over the state the Epic Game Store launched in. But yep. you can't really blame them for taking a deal when the store wasn't even announced yet and have no idea how that would launch and how it would turn out. You can't exactly fault them for that because, well, they're not one of the, the dev teams that joined with an, with an exclusive deal after it launched. They preceded the deal even being announced. And even more so, I should point out, toxicity towards devs doesn't really make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't help. It's not going to motivate them to get things done because you're toxic to them. Oh, they don't care about that. They, they oh, of course they don't. <laughs> of course they don't. That, that's part of the entitlement. But at the same time, unless the devs themselves are being toxic, I don't see any toxicity towards devs being, well, justified. Ever. <laughs> so he accepted only in retaliation, which... Okay, admittedly, a non-zero amount of developers do deserve. Yeah, I mean, there, there are examples of ones that have absolutely deserved it. Uh, Digital Homicide, for example, uh, who are no longer on Steam because they were very, very toxic toward, uh, well, everybody. Plus, Everyone you know, the whole stolen asset, assets thing and, yeah. Well, and suing people. Let's, that, that, that can be a whole podcast, and also we don't care about them. They're, they're, they're consigned to the pages of history. Let them stay there. <laughs> Indeed, relegated to the past tense. <laughs> but, but what happened with uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is ultimately a tragedy. Um, it it basically drove Travis, the main guy, um, out of the industry entirely. All he doesn't, and he he just does voiceover work now. Oh, he just also released his first well, book. And yeah, yeah, and and he's a writer now. Yeah, uh, as well. So he's, he's, he's taken that creative uh, energy elsewhere. But the sad thing is we could have had so much more Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. We could have had a mod kit. We could have had expansions. You know, there, there's so much more that... You, and you can get 100 hours out of that game easily. Sure. But there's just so much more. They could, added, they could have added new ships, added new sectors. They could have done so much more. And it will never well, happen. Yeah. And now I'll, I'll add too uh, that there were people who sent death threats. There were people who, what? who, uh, yeah. I mean, it's the sort of thing where people were, were okay. I, I, I'll get into this now because, well, it, it came up a lot and you may not have seen it, but there are people who are upset that you were playing as Juno because they didn't want to play as a woman. <gasps> Gamers. Yeah, and it gets worse because. Wait. Oh yeah, it gets worse. Wait, gets you play you play as a woman? <laughs> what? <laughs> they they were upset that Juno was the protagonist. They were upset that, uh, because she wasn't a large-breasted protagonist, she wasn't beautiful to them, and therefore she was not a good protagonist. One personal preference. Two personal oh. preference. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I I saw threads of people upset because they were forced 
quote unquote forced to play as a woman. They couldn't they couldn't play as a well average white guy uh, for whatever reason because uh, misogyny. Yeah, shaven white gruff military man with a gun. Yes, that is that is the that is what all that is what all gamers want to see in front of them. Which look, I have like three super injunctions I could put in here. All of them are insulting, uh, so I'll pass. Yeah, there's a lot one can say about that, but it it drives into the larger point of channels that get very very upset and need to base their entire content around getting people upset about things that are non-issues that's like a, that, that the main like, character being female or being a, someone of color. That sounds exhausting. It um, being angry takes up so much energy. Well, I re- I remember Paxson when uh, the first Tomb Raider was uh, published. There was no issue about that that you that you have to uh, play a, a female character. No, there were there were no complaints. Same mm. uh, same for, for, for Metroid, uh, 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 by the way. Well, yeah, but when Metroid first came out, most people didn't realize that Samus was female. At least, unless they beat it with the you know the. Yeah, right. You had to play it to the end. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, there is a time limit or something. Well, still, it works. Yeah, I just no don't... one can. No one has complained about Samus since. Oh, they there have been complaints about various suits that she's worn over the years. Okay, okay, her outfits are a different uh, yeah, thing, but her existence as a woman in a video game is not the issue. Right, right. So, so wait, back. David brings up an interesting point. Back in Metal with Metal Gear Solid Two, you did not play. You barely played Snake. Who did you play? That's that's different. Yeah, there's a character named Raiden who you you switch into, and you after the uh, prologue, yes. Who is yeah. the person you play as for most of the game? And he's a he's a long haired, pretty pretty boy. That's a <laughs> I don't know why people hate him so much. Besides the fact that he wasn't Solid Snake and everyone wanted to play as more Solid Snake because uh, uh, gruff military guy voiced by David Hayter. Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, the, the the reason why they brought in the character of Raiden in the first place and did a bait and switch that you were going to be playing as Raiden for most of the game was actually to bring in more female gamers was the idea. Because... Hmm. Yeah, it was a it was an idea that was going to attract them to the series because, well, hey, long haired pretty boy was going to be the protagonist for most of the game. Uh, what? And, well, it's a Japan thing. I'm not going to say it's a Japan thing because uh, it might also be a not Japan thing. I'm I'm not a woman. A I both. can't judge. Bit of both. It's it's a bit of both. They they knew that they would they would get more fans who were not already interested in playing because. The main character looked like, you know, gruff military white guy. Um, so they wanted to have something a little bit different, and they did. And to an extent, it worked. I'm a bit speechless right now. <laughs> uh, David, yeah, you're absolutely correct. They were aiming for a uh, what's what is known in the term in Japanese as bishonen, which means effectively uh, attractive or pretty boy. 
Um, roughly, yes. Close roughly, enough. yeah. Young, r- attractive young man um, is the the aesthetic they were going for, and it worked. As I said, it worked. So, well, well, so, so the point we're driving towards here is a: this is not new, and b: it's still stupid. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> it hasn't. It hasn't. Like, <sighs> when did that just come out? Uh, uh, oh yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, twenty one years ago. Was about the, to say arguments, it the arguments haven't changed, and they haven't gotten any less stupid. Uh, I'm always amazed by like how many, but like because a lot of these complaints boil down to like the explanations for them are all about like the modern art is like degenerative or whatever, whatever, and like things that things are changing. Like you've been about the same shit for 20 years at this point like, move on well the same people who complained about the lead character in Star Trek Deep Space Nine being a man of color are the same kind of people who are still complaining about this crap today in gaming because some people never change they're, they're, they're just going to be perpetually in that racist mindset or misogynist mindset, as the case may be, or both. And because of that, anything that doesn't look like an insert character to them, as in a white guy, is trampling on their specialness. They have to gatekeep that. <laughs> Which, thank you for using that word, because I'm gonna have to, because I'm gonna reuse it later. But oh, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say is, uh. I had something to put in there. Yeah. But yeah, this is what it all boils down to. It's all complaints about, like, they post hoc justify it with, like, things changing and making things political. Because back in, our, back in their day, uh, games were simple and so on and didn't get political or whatever. Oh, no, they're except, woke now. Oh, no. Except A, except A, even... Presuming your argument had merit, they have been political for like 30 years now? 20 to 30 years on a good day? Like this isn't new. This isn't Even recent. This isn't this isn't post-2016. No. Even no. Any art form is inherently political. Even well, if yeah, they but- claim we're not having a political stance. That in itself is a political stance. Yes, but so. even skimming over that, even assuming they were right in like, like in the idea that political is bad, political has been happening for 20 years. So it's not like for 20 years at minimum in, in gaming. So it's not an argument that it's like a new thing. The fact that also the idea that political is bad is a stupid argument is another argument. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you a good example. In the 80s, there was a Top Gun game. I don't know if you know um, this. There was a Top Gun game based on the on the movie. Well, based on the movie using the license, but it had none of the characters from it. What on the NES? On the NES, yes. Oh, and yeah, I know was, that one. It had a it was garbage carryland section. It was inherently political. They the the Russian pilots uh, against whom you fought had names like Stalin for Timesky. Oh, for God's sakes! What? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell me that isn't political. Uh, well, granted, end of the Cold War, but still very well, political and f- 
40 years ago, nearly. <laughs> oh, God, that is almost 40 years ago. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. So... So uh, I want I want I want to come back to to uh, female characters. Uh, Go for it. Uh, for uh, for a moment, uh, I just remembered uh, another game. And you you may remember that that too, and that was Hard Nova. You played a female character there too. Oh, that's right. I forgot all about that because I never hard. Folks, Hard Nova, if you're not aware, is a sequel to a game that came out a couple years prior. Well, sort of sequel to a game that came out a couple years prior called um, Sentinel Worlds Future Magic 1. And you had a little more customization over your characters in that one. But yeah, you're right. In in Hard Nova, uh, you you did play a female protagonist, if I recall correctly. There's one on the cover, so... uh... yeah. But it wasn't a big deal. Like, no big deal was made of it at all in the game. Uh, no, no. Good. Yeah, no, exactly. The reason I didn't finish that game is because it's balls hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah, is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an NES RPG, like the 1980s. It's going to be invariably clunky as... Is it? An, it's going to be clunky as hell and extremely difficult. That's kind of how these things work. Yeah, I don't know if it ever made it to consoles. I I I know it was on um, on all the. I know it was on Dos Amiga Atari ST. Yeah, it was on like several computer platforms back then, but I don't think it. Uh, made it. But consoles, no consoles, as, as far as I remember. Uh, yeah, David. Yeah, no. I, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the so. One. Once again, people are complaining about new things happening despite them being having happened for like thirty to forty years at this point. Uh, like I feel like we've kind of stretched out this particular line of argument here. Well, yeah. I, well, it, yeah. It, it still comes down to there are people who will who will always complain, and the salient point I bring from that is progress is going to happen without them, and they just have to be left behind. If right. they're not going to adapt, they just have to be left behind, and they can die mad about it. Yeah. Fully agree. So, so let, on let, the oh, go, go ahead. Okay, I was going to start it because I had like a whole thing pre-planned because related <laughs> to game entitled gamers are not are not just gamers who are entitled to a uh, uh, who feel entitled to uh, having a game played their way. They're entitled to having other people play the game their way. We call them gatekeepers in the industry, despite the fact that gatekeeping is a, is quite a respectable job. Uh, it's quite a respectable job, and they have and they have a long-standing history of stopping goals from happening. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, their name was uh, their name was highly tarnished by a variety of di- uh, by a variety of twat waffles who uh, all believe who all believe that their way is the best way to play a video game. Or enjoy a particular piece of art, and if you don't do it their way, you are not a true fan. Trademark, copyrighted, trademark, registered, uh, all rights reserved. <clears throat> so, yeah. recently, this lovely game came out called Elden Ring, and it is really good. Elden is, Ring is really good. It is very good. Yeah, I agree. It is. It kicks my ass regularly, but in an enjoyable way. <laughs> But it is absolutely a good game. It is well designed, if a bit janky, but like by FromSoft to a standards, it is imp- it is perfect. And as a FromSoft, and as far as FromSoft games go goes, it's really solid and really enjoyable. 
Now, it is immensely difficult, and that's not inherently a bad thing. Uh, even if the developers don't like necessarily add an easy mode, that's not inherently a bad thing. People complaining about the lack of, a, of an easy mode aren't necessarily wrong. But people complaining about people complaining about lack of an easy mode is where things get a bit is where things get a bit uh, murky. Because <laughs> a lot of people, for some reason, like tie their identity and their value to how much they can beat beat difficult video games and be better than everyone else. Uh, and they react and they lash out like in a reactionary almost manner. Uh, to anyone suggesting that someone should make a game easier or more accessible because they are cheapening the art form uh, and ruining uh. the enjoyment and giving into and the devs are giving into peer pressure and the lowest common denominator, which the first, like, even if you're right, that's victim blaming. You should blame the developers for doing that, not the people asking. And second, uh, you are essentially telling other, you are essentially telling other people that that's uh, your way is the only proper way to enjoy an artwork. And if people want to enjoy an artwork in a way that they want to, because this, because otherwise they're unable to, then like they, all they're asking is to be given the option. The devs don't have to listen to them. They can, but the option is all they're asking for. They're not trying to ruin your fun because I don't know, they're casuals or something. They're not malicious. Well, we can't let those filthy casuals into our treehouse. That's our treehouse. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. It is tribalism. It is pretty much just tribalism. Yeah, except the tribe yeah. is being very good at video games, and it's all a bunch of like it's always, and it's always like high effort, high difficulty games that attract these kinds of people. Uh, but like, especially because it can get because it can also get quite uh, quite insane, even more popular ones. For example, the rivalry between Battlefield and Call of Duty players is a. Uh, Okay, it's died down because both games became garbage, but it used to be like like football like football teams rivalry level bad. Not like Italian football teams level of bad, but like German football teams rivalry level of bad. They're not quite shanky each other on the street. Uh but yeah, tribalism but not necessarily violent tribalism. <laughs> but it gets especially harsh in like high effort in like high difficulty games. Obviously from software uh, from software are the big ones because for, because like Dark Souls became the like the like uh, hate the like unifying cry, the uh uh the rallying banner of uh, of gamers that that basically fought, that basically put their identity first as uh, people who play video games and are really good at them because they're intentionally difficult games that require a lot of effort and are intentionally obtuse to, you know, serve as like a discovery thing. And that's not necessarily bad, but you're not like inherently a superior person for get, for being better at them and you do not get to lord over that over other people. And also if other people want to enjoy those games despite the, like despite the difficulty and want to enjoy those games don't want to, them to feel like a chore, like a confusing chore. You shouldn't just continuously insult and shit on them. Like it's not just Dark Souls. There's other games. It's a lot of like a lot of mill sims do that. Escape from Tarkov is somewhat notorious for it, though surprisingly less so. Mostly because in that game, everyone is suffering, so uh, you're never really good at it. You're just suffering less. Uh, but a lot of uh, 
like a lot of simulation simulation games dcs has uh, has the same uh, has the same issues uh like i mean i could list on and on but i think everyone roughly understands what i'm talking about and what type of player i'm talking about well they're the type of player who when people respond or when people respond with criticism fair criticism that the game is not accessible to them and I'm going to separate here. There is a difference between being approachable and being accessible. Approachability can be things that are just quality of life improvements to a game that allow more people to be able to play it. Accessibility in this case refers to specifically things that make it more possible for people with disabilities to play the game. Things like colorblind uh, options or being able to rebind keys so that people can use a custom controller. Things that make a game more accessible are good. Things that make a game more approachable are also good because that means more people will play a game. But doing so cuts into the gatekeeping argument of the gatekeepers while you're making the game too easy. Well, just because difficulty modes are being added, that doesn't mean you have to play on the easiest difficulty. It just means that other people have an option to play that is not the one that you choose. Oh, God, I just remembered. That's I just remembered. Uh, wait a moment. Please. Uh, okay, go on. Go uh, ahead. Just be brief, please. That's, that's, that's actually the reason why uh, why uh, different uh, uh, levels of difficulty exist, in my opinion. Uh, that those yeah. people that are, aren't uh, 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 satisfied with the, with, the, with the level of difficulty could go harder. And so... Uh, uh, so uh, for those who's, who's too hard, uh, could could go uh, easier. And uh, I don't understand that argument. Uh, uh, some gamers uh, bring up with that. Because it comes down to one simple phrase, two words, get good. Yes. It is the idea that I getting good is the... is like... The enjoyment out of a game comes from its difficulty, but the problem is difficulty is subjective. So the same level of difficulty is not the best for everyone. Yeah, and some people have chronic pain. So a game that you can't pause, and if you have chronic pain, and you have to stop because you have chronic pain and you can't continue playing, if you can't pause the game in order to deal with the pain, that makes things a little bit difficult for accessibility it's not about whether or not you can pause a game if you don't have any sort of issues like that or you don't have a child you have to watch or any number of other other issues that could be considered difficulties or dis even disabilities people complaining about not having a pause have a point and people who complain about people complaining well if if people want a pause option and you're a speedrunner and you're complaining about people wanting a pause option, you don't have to use the pause option. But people you can, who need it absolutely need to use it because that's why they're asking for it. Speedruns have cat categories since speedrunning was invented. Most like speed speedruns have rules. You can just forbid pausing, pausing in the rule set, like a lot of games actually do. Oh. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, 
<clears throat> something that I wanted to add in, but I didn't want to inappropriate. But I'm told I can interrupt. And <laughs> please do. Oh, Go ahead. oh, this uh, is this is barely controlled chaos. So please, okay. please, please interrupt. Um, <laughs> I had. Um, on. I won't go in with the long story on a personal basis that I, well, I'll save it to later, maybe, but a couple of things I wanted to bring up, shorter things. First off is once I was discussing, and I don't even remember who it was, um, but it was uh, a younger gamer, and um, I said, well, gee, you know, in games like Call of Duty, the, the uh, latest ones, I said it would be nice to be able to have a female character. And I was told, no, they can never do that because there have never been any women in combat. <laughs> and uh, I, while I offered to <laughs> introduce the young gentleman to uh, a few, um, I just I wanted to point that out. Hundred thousand, yes. And also, uh, I wanted to bring up someone that. Uh, I know it's an older issue, and I don't think we should exclude it, though. And that was the whole Gamergate and Brianna Wu who received death threats. Ugh. Yeah, and, that ties into toxicity, but please go ahead. And also, the third little thing, like I said, I'll save my long story for later. But sometimes, and here's on the other side, sometimes developers are actually out of touch with their audience. And this goes back to uh, 2018, I think it was, and this has to do with Diablo. And they decided that the best way Activision Blizzard, and thank goodness they got bought out, is they would bring Diablo to the masses is by putting it all on an app on their phone. And the the uproar was just tremendous. And at one point, a young man stood up in the audience and said, is this an out-of-season April Fool's joke? And in that case, I think the gamers were actually entitled to be entitled because I think the folks at Activision, in this case, had no idea what their audience really wanted out of a game. And part of it is good marketing is making your product meet the needs of the consumer. It's one thing to say, well, I don't think you should charge this because uh, for this game because uh, I want it to be cheaper. And the developer would have to say, I've already mortgaged my double mortgaged my house. But I think <sighs> every now and then that. It's a case of the developer not really understanding the market. There, there are times, absolutely, where the developers are making a decision that that is contrary to the way that their player base and the community that is fostered around that would like. Uh, and I'll give a very recent example. Um, Team 17. They oh, just... Not long ago, tried to say, oh, yeah, we're going to partner with this company and make NFTs for our games. Now, it wasn't <laughs> going to be stuff for in the game. It was going to be a, a partnership for art that that was going to be made by this other company. But the uproar was so bad that they reversed the decision to partner within, well, 
a day, pretty much. Bah. But, uh, can I just add something? Add out something that uh, that Julia has mentioned because a lot of like sometimes that sometimes the whole uh, developers being out of touch actually can, actually can come from trying to pander to uh, the sort of types that that, are, that complain about weird nonsense like putting women in games. Uh, one of the like because a lot of developers still use the like. When it comes to, uh, for example, uh, male sims and uh, first-person shooters, a lot of people make the argument that you can't put women in it because women can't shoot guns or something. Uh, which is, which to me is always a mess because uh, because uh, this also includes a game I, I've mentioned already, Escape from Tarkov, where the developers pretty much explicitly went that we're not putting women in the game because women wouldn't handle themselves as private military contractors or something. Uh, now this is dumb for two reasons. What? One, uh, one, uh, like, it was definitely funny because I was introduced to the game by uh, to the game by a great friend uh, friend of mine who is uh, very much a woman and also very much uh, very much a military military veteran from the Dutch Army, currently active reserve, uh, who uh, does know how to handle a firearm, does know how to handle a plate carrier, and uh, will prop would probably outshoot ninety percent ninety percent of Europe. But uh, the but. What's also worse is the fact that when it comes to acting like a trained PMC, uh, one thing you people don't know is in Tarkov, the starting character, uh, the starting character you have is garbage. They they can sprint for about twelve meters before they get exhausted. They cannot control their recoil like any sensible shooter would, and they do not speak like and they they have, they indicate nothing about. Uh, uh, about professional private military contractors. In fact, I would argue they're about as good with a rifle as an actual sc- as, a, as an actual schoolgirl would be. So they basically so, put me in the game. That's what it sounds like. Yes. Imagine if someone gave you like yes, you can you can very much play as yourself down to the down to the fact you get you get exhausted after ten yards. Just, <laughs> You don't even ha- you don't even have to know how to shoot a rifle. Neither does your character. Escape from asthma. Escape from asthma. Escape from a lack of exercise. Basically, escape, escape from a lack of cardio. Johnny, please. Give us a second. Give us a second. <laughs> yeah, escape from a sedentary lifestyle. That's <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a qu- oh. quality zinger, fast quality zinger. <laughs> oh. Well done, well done. <laughs> so yeah, Jesus uh, oh. so, yeah. When you, so, yeah, all you end up doing if you pander to the, uh, to this sort of complainers is uh, you make yourself look stupid. Yeah. Oh. No, that's that is absolutely true. Uh, but um, it, it and, and the weird thing about all this is games are supposed to be fun, and we all have fun in different ways. Like some of us have fun, you know, beating the hard boss in Dark Souls, you know. And if and the develop the developer is clear about this is not a game meant to be played that's meant to be easy. That's fine then, you know. You know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. 
But it can't hurt to make an easier mode for people if that's what they if they, if they want to try your game. I will say this about Elden Ring. Uh, it is probably the most approachable from software game I've ever played. Like, I think I've played three of their games. I played two mm, two of their games before Elden Ring. I played Demon Souls and then Dark Souls 2. And I lasted maybe 10 minutes in each <laughs> before I was like, nope, I am done. <laughs> But uh, Elden Ring is actually because of its open world and you could just, if something's too hard, you run in the other direction. Uh, it's actually much... stuff, yes. Yeah, it's actually much more approachable, I find. I've actually got four or five hours in it now, which for me is a lot. And I'm loving it, honestly. Like, So there's a case to be made for making the developers stick into their vision and making a game a certain way. I mean, would I play if there were if there was an easy mode in Elden Ring, would I play it? Yes. <laughs> You'd again, switch to that in a heartbeat and nobody would would bother with complaining about it because nope. well. No. Nope. Yeah. That, but that, it's the the argument of this is not the intended way to play the game falls apart when there's a difficulty mode setting because each of those is an intended way to play the game. Um yeah, exactly. Uh, but if the, if the gamer if the developer didn't include that and they made it clear that that's not the way they wanted to play it, fine. You know, Steam has you know, a two hour window. <laughs> there's there's two sides to that uh, that argument, and part of it goes back to we had Paul Burnett in our uh, on a show that I was on once, and the thing is, a lot of the develop- gamers said, well. We want more instance combat, and they kind of, and they just ignored it and tried to push the people into the PvP battlegrounds, and in the long run, Mythic doesn't even exist anymore. And, and the other side of that, though, is I have run afoul of a lot of gamers who say no this is the way you have to enjoy the game and um a case in point and uh chris dodson who's uh new to the i think listening here and he's in the chat now uh can vouch for the many times i've had to encounter this and that that was back in eve online and i said look uh i just want to mine and uh, enjoy the Zen experience. And yet along came the people with Hulkageddon, and they said, we are all going to get together, and we are going to gank everybody who just wants to go out there and mine, and we are doing it for the good of the game. And I said on a podcast, I said, this saying you're doing this for the good of the game instead of doing it what it actually is for is like pick your chosen dictator invading Poland and saying you're doing it for the good of the Polish people. You're doing it because you want to be an SOB and uh, you just don't want somebody else to enjoy the game that uh, like you want to enjoy the game. What if I'm not interested in PvP? That's why I'm on Isaac Space Gaming. Yeah, I mean, 
going back to Elden Ring a bit, no one, I've told people that for the most part, Elden Ring has been a flower collection game for me. <laughs> and that's all. I, I can respect that. <laughs> no, yeah. No, yeah <laughs> no one has really complained. No one has been like, well, that's how you pay it. No, that's how I play it. Right now, I'm running away from everything and collecting pretty flowers. That's how I'm I mean, playing. <laughs> that's perfectly fair. Like, I would argue there's more to the game than that, but if that's the part you're enjoying, then go ahead. I am enjoying that say, right now. I, I do believe that as gamers, we are entitled to one thing in that game, and that is a competent photo mode. Is there a photo mode in that game? No, that's the issue. Oh. It's a gorgeous game. There should be a photo mode. It's a gorgeous game. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to say. But alas, there isn't one. That's uh, but uh, that's that's unrelated. Yes. Well, I think the reason why there's no photo mode is because you can't pause. True. Interesting. That's a good point. <laughs> that, that would be funny if they implemented it anyway, and you're trying to take a photo. You died. And someone something... smacks you across the face. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> They should do I mean, it anyway. Why not? <laughs> I would argue that's uh, that's uh, that is the from software experience. That is <laughs> that is that is how I would argue that that's exactly how they should implement it if they want to stick to the game's character. I mean, they have they don't pause when you're in your inventory or anything. So why would they exactly. pause in photo mode? <laughs> so it was. Yeah, I mean, oh, gra- granted, you can you can uh, you know probably do screenshots within Steam. I mean, just using the, the normal Steam screenshot key, but that's about all you have. Well, yes, but you can't adjust the camera angle and all the other cool right. stuff that, uh, right. that, that, that's what a photo, photo usually is. <laughs> Suicide uh, photo. It's about Suicide photo. photo. <laughs> Suicide photo. <laughs> you die for each photo taken. Worth it. Suicide <laughs> selfie simulator. <laughs> So I wanted to steer the uh, conversation in a slightly different direction. I wanted to see if if everyone here had a specific type of entitled gamer complaint that gets them riled up more than others. Like, I know for me, it's when I see someone, like, go into a Steam forum for a clearly single-player game. Are you going to add multiplayer? That... That kind of complaint grinds my gears so much because I don't think every game needs multiplayer, for example. Um, so that is one of the types of complaints I see that just really get my hackles up. You know what now I mean? Now, I will concede most games are better with co-op and we need more games that have co-op. Right. But it's not always the easiest thing to implement. It's not easy to implement. If that's not the developer's vision, then that's fine. You got to build around it from the very beginning. You really do. Yeah. You want it to be if you want it to be good. And I'll give a great example because I, I this is the one I was going to bring up anyway. Is uh, Genesis Alpha One, which is a game that is single player. the The team is three people. They designed it to be single player from the get go. And when people complained well, why don't you add multiplayer? Or I'm not going to buy this until you add multiplayer. They said, it's just not in our vision. We didn't plan for it. This is a single-player game. It's meant to be a single-player experience. And I repeatedly said, in response to people like that, that multiplayer co-op might be good for a sequel. It might be good for a sequel if they wanted to make it, but it's not for this game. 
one of the key points is that when you go from your ship to a planet, you're on an expedition, time on your ship is frozen. And this is super important because alien infestations will grow on your ship over time. And if time is not frozen, you could come back to half a ship mm. because everything's been destroyed. I didn't know that. Yeah. Time is frozen on your ship when you're on an expedition. Um, no new uh, alien borders will teleport over to your ship and start destroying things or killing your crew. So that time being frozen because you're not physically there is super important to the game balance. The game would be much harder if you could not be, uh, if you weren't able to have time frozen on your ship while on an expedition, because you could be there for half an hour collecting stuff and farming for the biomass you need or DNA samples, that sort of thing, and come back to half a ship because time wasn't frozen. Terrible. I've seen these comments too, and uh, I've, I really, I've really got to say, uh, are people crazy to 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 uh, to want that? It's exactly how you, no. It's exactly how how Spass said it. Uh, it's it is impossible to impl implement in 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 uh, in the, in the game. Yeah, yeah. But if if it were a, a case of you could have co op, but you you would have to have all the players on the ship go down to the expedition when the expedition starts. If right. that was required. Then that could work. That could that could actually work. But the game was completely balanced around single player and not for co-op. And it would be bad to shoehorn it in. They're even working on a different project right now. So not even related to Genesis Alpha 1. They may go back to it at some point. I don't know. But every day, almost, people would be yeah. commenting about, yeah, we need multiplayer or I want co-op. Okay, great. You want it, but that's not going to happen. Uh, and I just wanted to shoehorn in my other big, the the other big complaint that gets my hackles up, um, is when people complain about something not being free. Like, why isn't this expansion free? Or or why isn't this free? Or why isn't that free? Like, not taking into account how much time and effort something took to make. I think my favorite complaint is like when a game that was out like twenty years ago gets re released on Steam. You know, and people are like, my CD key doesn't work for this. Can I get a Steam key? Why doesn't my CD key give me a free copy of this? Because that wasn't promised. <laughs> if you have the game on CD, you. You have the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if you still have the CD, you have a copy of the game. You'd be buying a second copy. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen uh, I've seen people who who will put their games on, say, for example, HIO. And then when the game goes to Steam, when it goes live on Steam, then they can get a Steam key. Yeah. That's perfectly acceptable. That's perfectly exactly. reasonable. Yeah. Exactly. But when like a game that came out in 2002 gets re-released on Steam, oh, why doesn't my CD key work? Because uh, <laughs> you're an idiot. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's it's not something they promised that you were yeah. going to that anyone who owned the game on CD was suddenly going to get. Steam didn't even exist CD. back then. Yes, sons of. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my favorite is the one that David H in the uh, 
chat just said, the one that not favorite, the one that irritates me the most, and that is the PVP get good argument. And briefly, um, the the ultimate, I guess, story behind my experience with that is someone who was banned from uh, a gamer group I was in that didn't just not one game. And so <clears throat> they said their goal was to make life miserable for the rest of us. So they spent, had to have been thousands of real world dollars in EVE Online hiring people to war deck us for a real world year and following us from, from corporation to corporation. And I, the, before the last of us ever logged off, we were war decked by a group that called themselves Horrors in Space. Mm. And that kind of tells you the level of the person behind so, it all. So hang on. Real money was paid to players to harass you guys? Yeah. Right. What? Like yeah. actual money changed hands. Yeah. And even online, what? I don't know if you still can, but at the time you could buy like a little virtual token, sell it in game for a game time. So you could have oodles and oodles of money so that you could then turn around and hire PVP corporations Toward deck the people that just want to play the game their own way and uh, have a good time. And the argument to that is, well, you know, get good because, you know, if you were better at playing the game and better at PvP, you wouldn't have to worry about that. You know what? I'm trying to get good at mining. Could you let me get good at mining? That's what I'm trying to get good at. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my, my counter to that, to the get good <laughs> argument is... I have a skill ceiling that that is fairly fairly low compared to most people. So you're the of opposite my... of Liam Neeson in Taken. You are. Yeah, that's right. I have <laughs> I have a particular set of skills, and I'm not good at any of them anymore. <laughs> I, I had a particular set of skills, and that was entirely just mining and pulling ore out of an asteroid. But to answer David H's question, no. Goon Squad was never involved. Uh, uh, Even though that sounds exactly like something they do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so getting back to what I was saying, just real quick, is that uh, to to an extent, I can't get good like most people can. You know, the for for a competitive PvP shooter, I don't play them. I don't because yeah. I can't compete, and my my eyesight being legally blind limits that reaction time that other people just don't have to deal with because they don't have that disability to deal with. And for someone who, who would tell me get good. Well, that's about as good as I'm going to get. There are some games in which I will do a hell of a lot better than they ever will say, for example, rebel galaxy outlaw. There are very few people on this planet who know that game as well as I do. And I, I've taken on challenges in that game that nobody else had by that point. But, and this is a big but, that doesn't mean that those skills apply everywhere else. And when it comes to Twitch shooting, Twitch reaction times, I can't handle that. Yeah. So getting good 
may not be an option for everyone, and that deals with our accessibility show that's coming up. That's a good point. Um, did, so who haven't we heard from about their quote-unquote favorite complaint? I mean, I can reiterate myself on people who tell other people how to play the video game. Like, not even like, I don't mean correctly as in giving advice. I mean, telling them what to do in a sort of, in a, in a subjective manner. Like, did, like, if there is a subjectively different way of playing something, uh, then, and these, and these people go on about saying that it's the wrong way, then that's where I have issues. I don't mind people teaching others how to objectively be better or how to objectively play the game the quote-unquote correct way because uh, th there are wrong ways to play video games. There are. There are absolutely uh, suboptimal ways to play. There is uh, an entire YouTube channel of a gentleman uh, who plays games wrong, and it's hilarious. Who's that guy, Spaz? You introduced me to him. Who's that guy that plays let's everything? Let's game it out. Yeah, let's game let's it out. Let's game it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the whole idea of that channel is to to play games in a suboptimal way, uh, usually in a creative mode if there is one, so that it saves on time. But yeah, the whole point is to play it differently than the developers might have intended for the sake of comedy. And it's very fun. Very, very good. Oh, so fun. But, yeah. But there is a difference between, say, uh, the kind of uh, backseat gaming I do with you, Brian, when you're when you're playing a game I've played and I'm trying to help you through it, versus telling you this is the way you need to enjoy the game, and that's a big difference. Right. So yep, that's one, Julie. Also, yep. you hold my game. So, Thorsten, um, I don't think we've heard from you about your quote-unquote favorite complaint. Oh, well, mine is uh, more or less more generic, and uh, it's about, um, how do I put it? Uh, game, uh, a, a developer uh, uh, intends something for a game, and uh, people come up with things that uh, really don't fit into this game. We had that, we had that <laughs> before already. But... Uh, but uh, I rem remember especially one, um, Space Engineers, which uh, was, let's say, uh, intended in a complete different way as it is now. And uh, if I had known that it would be de developed in this way, I wouldn't have bought it, to be honest. I haven't and played... I'm, uh, well, can you elaborate? I'm, I haven't I'm sorry, can you elaborate? I haven't played... Space engineers in oh god half a decade maybe uh how has it evolved in a way that that you don't like out of curiosity um yeah it's um it's it started out as an uh, as a space mining game where you uh, construct uh, ships for yourself more or less or uh engage in 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 a certain uh, kind of of space combat uh boarding especially and uh or sabotaging uh, enemy ships, and uh, the first things that uh, people wanted were, were, were planets. And I was there and thought, "What planets? Uh, planets don't don't eat, don't fit in this game." And uh, 
it got more and more planets and more building stuff. In, in the end, it's it's more or less a, 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 a Minecraft in space. Oh. And that's, that's not what I wanted to, uh, from it. And okay. Uh, I mean, happens. they don't want different things from a game than what the developers intend. That doesn't necessarily mean that the developers have to implement that or that they're wrong for implementing the things the way they did. Uh, but it it does mean that it might alienate part of the audience. You know, I'll I'll give I'll give creative differences a pass just because, say, for example, that the developers only want a single player game and I want multiplayer or I want co-op. I'll give them a pass because if they want single player. That's the way they want the game to be designed. That's that's that. If it's an issue of accessibility, say they don't have a colorblind mode or the game could have subtitles, but they don't, then requesting that would make the game more approachable and accessible for people who would want to play it the way they intended, but can't because the game doesn't meet those requirements. Yeah. That's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I don't know if anyone gets upset when they add new language localizations or subtitles. Or I don't think anyone's upset that Forza Horizon is act is adding actual uh, sign language people in the game. Yeah, for, ALS and BLS support, which is amazing. That's because, astounding. Yeah, right. Yeah, because uh, uh, someone on our Discord would ha- was wondering about why they were adding it when subtitles exist, and I pointed out it's because subtitles alone don't necessarily they don't necessarily convey tone and timing of whatever's being said. They can, but they don't always. And for some people who are deaf and rely on on sign language, they can get tone and timing out of the way the person is signing it rather than reading it. Because some things just don't come through in text. And it was a fair question because, well, if you haven't had to think about it, then you might not understand why that was being added. But it makes total sense. No, I think I think it's a great addition, and it shows how companies that can afford to put more accessibility options in their game are actually doing so. Games, um, like I go back to Ubisoft. Say what you want about Ubisoft, their their accessibility options are great. They're really great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far Cry Six, colorblind options, subtitles for everything. Yeah. Everything, all spoken dialogue, and has, sounds, has, and sounds, and and the, and the directional sound indicator to uh, to know not only that there is something there or or there was an explosion in that direction, it shows you how far away it was. Yeah. So so if you cannot hear, yeah. you can see that there was something there. So we're gonna have a whole show about accessibility. Um, um, and uh, hopefully in a few weeks, because that's something we definitely want to talk about, and something that definitely needs, uh, definitely needs to be talked about. Um, but I, I've said my piece about my enti- entitled gamers. What about you guys? Anything else you want to get off your chest? Not really. Um, one other thing. This goes back to two thousand seven. Sure. And this is uh, Richard Bartle. I don't know if anybody knows who he is or not. But he's one of, with Roy Trubshaw, he invented multi-user dungeons 
one of the pioneers of the industry. Back in 2007, um, back when World of Warcraft had more players and Switzerland had people, uh, he, Dr. Bartle said that if he could, he would take over World of Warcraft and get rid of it. And without bothering to find out why the man said what he did, there was an outpouring of just sheer raw hate at aimed at Dr. Bartle, who's a game developer. And basically what it had to do with is at the time, how high that game set the bar as far as profitability is concerned and expectations. So uh, I guess he finally got his wish. Looks like it will be in the near future. Wait, why do you say that? Is he working on something similar? Oh, to well, no, because, you know, the idea being that World of Warcraft at the time was pulling in so much money that uh, developers of other games said, hey, why can't our game pull in this kind of money? Well, because it's not World of Warcraft. And as Paul Barnett described it at the time, um, World of Warcraft was a freak of nature. Hmm. Yeah, which is fair. It's totally, totally fair. Yeah, at the time it was it was a it was a magic in the bottle situation, and so many other developers tried to copy that model and failed because, well, when when something gets big, investors will want game developers to chase after the trend when the people they're asking to chase after the trend may not have any idea about what made that trend work in the first place. Blizzard was in the right place at the right time. And anybody who tried to recapture lightning in a bottle just failed. Yeah, and, and even just leading up to world of Warcraft, there were so many things that other developers didn't have, like the history of the franchise and, 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 all that goodwill, like there were so many things Blizzard had in their pocket at the time that no one else had, you know. Um, God, yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's not, your, your friend isn't wrong. It set an expectation that, I don't know anyone else, has anyone else met? Maybe Final Fantasy, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Though I though I will add, the success of WoW is what led to Bobby Kotick pushing for, if this isn't going to be a million-dollar selling game, we're not even going to bother making it. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. That is the other side effect of that, which is why, oh. if you notice, in the years hence... There had to be a new Call of Duty game every year or every other year uh, or every year and a half kind of thing. Uh, there had to be another, you know, another um, uh, sports franchise game. Uh, there had to be another million dollar seller and they weren't taking risks on smaller projects as much as they used to. Because Activision used to really, really take risks on so many smaller Lots of properties. Stuff. Lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Lots of stuff. Yeah. And then, then they went full on triple a, it's like yawn, <sighs> boring, <laughs> which is very sad in my opinion. Oh, because so sad. 
because as you said, uh, how many how many innovations uh, Activision's Activision uh, did over the years, especially in the early years. God, there, like I remember the excitement back in the day of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred of a new Activision game, because like they were all good, and they were all different, and and they were all kind of special, you know. And, now, and you could be sure that they, that, 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 that they would be special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They had a reputation of, oh, it's an Activision yeah. game. This is going to be good. This is going to be a good stuff. And right. and now Activision is known for lawsuits. And anyway, let's <laughs> go down that rabbit they're, hole. They're not known for the best of reasons. Yeah, they're not. They're not. And known they published for their... a lot of great things over the years. I mean, yeah, sure. They published a whole bunch of great Star Trek games. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they they did well when they had the license. They did fairly well. They didn't have it for a long time, but they did well while they had it. Um, so yeah, I mean, they put out a lot of good stuff, and and now it's just like, oh, okay. Um, so we've gotten a lot off our chest today. I feel actually better for it. This is kind of cathartic for me, honestly, to talk to you guys about this. So thank you. Uh, I hope I hope, I hope it was for you as well. Um, yeah, I mean, even with all the negativity, we had a lot of positivity as well. So I, I think we did good here. Is uh, is there anything else anyone wants to get off their chest before we go? We were not just reductive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is what which is what I feared it might go into is that we would just be reductive about everything. But no, no. Doesn't happen. It was a good balance. It was a good back and forth. Quite the contrary. Yeah, it was a good back and forth. So, uh, friends, I guess that's going to do it for this particular episode. Uh, are we agreed, uh, the five of us, that next week we're going to talk about uh, piracy and whatnot? Uh, did are we agreed on that? I think we are. What sort? Yeah, yeah, space piracy, space and, boarding piracy. And, and boarding. Space piracy oh, right. and boarding specifically. Is, Not uh, video game piracy, I, got it, because you had to right. specify that. No, no, we will never talk about that publicly. We, we we will talk about that in hushed back rooms, but we will never talk about that publicly. <laughs> Way above our pay grade. <laughs> we don't want to get Wait, in you trouble. Get <laughs> <laughs> so, friends, that's going to do it for this week. I want to thank, we had a very active chat. Uh, so thank you. Uh, very much everyone in the chat. A great chat today. Very active. Uh, and uh, if you haven't joined our Discord, uh, please do so, friends. Uh, we'd love to see you over there. Hang on. I think I have a button for that. <laughs> think? No, I don't have a button for that. But anyway, uh, I think it's discord.spacegamejunkie.com you can do, you can use um, to join our Discord. Uh, we'll keep, we can keep the conversation going over there. So it looks like next week we're going to talk about... Uh, Boarding and piracy, uh, which is um, which is awesome. They're good. They're good chunk of games that allow that sort of thing, and uh, and so uh, it'll be That's fun right, to talk Luke. about That's that, right. huh? That's right, Luke. He had a great comment. Oh yes, and uh, as I said, we'd end everybody. <laughs> we'll end every uh, show by saying, "Please get vaccinated, please." Please get vaccinated. And if anyone, uh, I just want to say, if anyone is in the Ukraine, is in Ukraine, not the Ukraine, excuse me, Ukraine listening right now, please be safe. Please take care of yourself. Uh, and 
we're all rooting for you over here. Uh, <laughs> we want you to do well, so please be safe. And with that, we'll see you back here tomorrow for, I think we're playing Tiny Space Academy. Um, so that'll be, yeah, that's exactly what we're playing. So we'll see you back here tomorrow for Tiny Space Academy. Have a great day, everyone. Be safe, be well, and again, get freaking vaccinated. See you next time. Bye-bye.